the known universe with its heroes and marvels. But what of the darkness? In our modern world, this is where monsters dwell. My name is Trey Lawson. And I'm James Hickson. And you're listening to Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel horror podcast, where we delve into the deepest, darkest, creepiest corners of the Marvel Comics universe. Oh, thank God. I thought I thought you were going to say that we d- delve deep into the deepest, darkest corners of my browser history, and <laughs> I was not ready for that episode. <laughs> That's a reminder to always clear your history, your cookies, and your cash. We don't have a sponsorship, but if we did, it would probably be a VPN. <laughs> um, we will happily take VPN money. Um, this episode <laughs> could be brought to you by NordVPN. <laughs> I've used their stuff. It's actually good. I, I don't use VPNs because I'm poor. Um. Anyway, we are... About halfway through our ongoing series where we are taking a look at Frankencastle. Yeah, halfway through, not as I thought, we were <laughs> two-thirds of the way through. Right, the arc runs a little longer than than originally anticipated, partly because it detours into a crossover with another book. Yeah, we'll talk about what book that is, but um, and we'll also talk about whether or not it should have ended earlier. Right, right. Or yeah. maybe just gone in a different direction. <laughs> um, but of course, we are talking about this episode, Frankencastle uh, number Franken- six. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No, after you. After you? Oh, no, you first. I couldn't think of it. Frankencastle number 17, Frankencastle number 18... Dark Wolverine number 88, and uh, Frankencastle 19. So if you don't know what that other series it crosses over with is by now, bub, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Right. (laughs) But let's go ahead and go to a quick break, and we'll be right back when we talk about Frankencastle number 17 after these messages. Animated storytelling bear. Now available at stores everywhere. Greetings, guys and ghouls. I'm the Invisible Dan Cologne, and this is The Monsters That Made Us. Join Monster Mike Manzi and I on the last Friday of every month as we celebrate all of the spooktacular characters and films in the Universal Studios classic monster series. 
From the Phantom of the Opera to The Creature Walks Among Us, we sink our teeth into all the gory details as we dissect the films that gave us some of the most iconic movie monsters of all time. The Monsters That Made Us is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more information, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome back, Tomb Believers, to Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel Horror Podcast. And we're, we're getting started on this episode with Frankencastle, number 17. Uh, Trey, we've got a title change here. We do. Numbering stayed the same, but it, the book itself is officially Frankencastle. That's right. Release date on this one is June 3rd, 2010. So we are officially talking about books that were out when my child was born. <laughs> not not important to the show, just important to me. Writer is Rick Remender. Penciler is Roland Boshi. Anchor is Roland Boshi. Colorist is Dan Brown. Letterer is Corey Petit. Editor is Sebastian Gurner. And this issue is called Missing Pieces. So after his fight with Hellstrom... Is it Hellstrom or Hells- Hellsguard? Hellsguard. 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 Excuse me. There are a lot of hell people. Hellstrom is the son of Satan. <laughs> you don't say. Gee, <laughs> you learn new things every day. Uh, but yeah, um, Frank has beat up the hell after his fight with Hellsguard, and the monsters Morbius and um, and Contu, the Living Mummy, are talking about how to best put them back together. And then finally, Morbius decides, you know what? Let's just chalk a bloodstone in him. And that works. Well, and, so, and Kantu's the one who advocates for that. Morbius, the whole time, is like, this is a bad idea. Yeah. He like, Frank Castle did the part we needed him for. Let's just let him die. Just let him die. Comics would be richer for it. Sorry. <laughs> um, this, this could have been the ending right here. Yeah. Yeah. He dies a Frankenstein. Who could... Who Having could, saved monsters. Right. Who could hope for anything better? That's how I want to die. Like, he stopped a genocide. Yeah. That's not a bad way to go. No, not a bad way to go. So they put the bloodstone in him, and they're like, he's going to start regenerating. And boy, howdy, did they mean regenerating on that one. Um, but he uh, wakes up a few weeks later. His friend is there. I think Henry is his name. Uh, I had this pulled up. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Henry. Yes, Henry. Yes, yeah, it's Henry. I have to scroll several pages to find it. Yes. Yeah, and Henry lets him have, and he's like, "Well, funny work for us." And Henry, you know, blisses him out because he's like, "Hey, you almost died. Uh, like you've turned my whole life upside down, and you're just like, you got any work for me?" Um, the most disgusting thing in a book full of disgusting things is Henry throws the bedpan in his face. Ew. Like, how does that work exactly? Because I've always wondered that with like unconscious characters, or like you slept, right. you slept for four, two days. Like really? Mm-hmm. How did that go exactly? Like, because <laughs> you know, if I sleep more than eight hours, I've got to go to the bathroom as soon as I wake up. Whatever. It's not that podcast. Um, Henry yells at Frank. Uh, Frank's like got work for for me. Um, the Manphibian reveals that they have prisoners in the basement. And they never really resolve what happens as prisoners, by the way. Um, right, right. They're, they're, they don't, don't know what they say. We, we know what Frank's recommendation is. Yeah, kill him. But uh, Amphibian's like, relax, if I was going to kill you, I'd have done it by now. 
Um, but of course, Frank, being Frank, has to go visit his family's grave. And when he's there, some, um, I guess, Shaolin scientists show up. Right. I'm getting Which the feeling. Is a thing. Yeah, I'm getting the feeling we're de- de- dealing with some more Rick Remender pre Frankenstein, Frankencastle stuff. So yeah, he yeah, fights the sh- them. Yes. He's about to interrogate one when one is taken out by a woman in full leather with a ball gag in. The hell do you have me reading, Trey? <laughs> hey, I it, thought my, it was 2010. I thought my browser history was bad. Anyway, hmm. um, they go in and um, there's a fighty fight. She gets away. Um, but Frank realizes that she is Lady Gorgon, I guess. And right. he decides he's going to take out all the people he owes for her, he owes a hurting to, including Lady Gorgon and Dokken. And then some other characters there, too, like the Hood. Uh, we won't talk about that. But that's this issue. Not much yeah, happens, actually. Much. No, it's a lot of set. It's setting up this next phase of the Frankencastle story. Yeah. It's establishing... What's that? It's setting up this arc. Yeah, it's uh, so the new status quo. He has the bloodstone, um, and someone's hunting him, basically. And he's less directly involved with the monsters at this point. It's pretty much he's trying to be Frank Castle again. He's operating with Henry the way he was before all of this stuff happened. Yeah, Um, it's really it's it's pretty standard Punisher territory. It is. Like, if you just took out the Bloodstone stuff, this could be an issue of the Punisher. Right. Which Um, means I'm kind of losing interest. Yeah, this is not... So, honestly, some of the the actual human interaction stuff is pretty good. Like, because Frank is a jerk. And that's one thing I appreciate about Rick Rick Remender, is he never lets you forget that Frank Castle is a bit of a jerk. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, even with his heartfelt apology to Henry, it still ends with, now find me work. Yeah, yeah. Yet another um, reason I don't like Frank Castle. Yeah. Um, Lady Gorgon is from Punisher Comics. She first appeared in 2008 um, and was created by Rick Remender, Matt Fraction, and Howard Chaikin, which explains a lot. Yep, yep. <laughs> The, the Howard Chicken connection there explains a lot. Um, yeah. And she's a telepath. She can control minds, read thoughts, and most most uniquely, um, she can link minds together. So one of the things she does in combat is she will link together the minds of the people she's fighting so that they're forced to experience the emotions, pain, and suffering of others. Yeah. For what it's worth, uh, one of the first times she appeared... It was in a story that involved Frank, Lady Gorgon, Domino, Silver Sable, and Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. This isn't going where I think it's going, is it? Uh, I mean, it was just a big fighty fight. Okay, thank God. <laughs> As for the Shaolin Scientist Squad, they they were introduced right before all the Frankencastle stuff went down. They first appeared in March 2009, so they're also a Remender creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are a group that stands against both the totalitarianism of the communist East and the oligarchism of the capitalist West. Awesome. Um, and when Punisher stumbles upon them, they're operating as street surgeons in Chinatown. 
Interesting. So, don't really know a whole lot about them besides that. But they, I think they went, they sort of transitioned after a while from being Punisher villains to showing up in Captain America stuff. Okay, sure. Why not? Well, Remender, right? Yeah, and that, that's actually fine. I mean, I, I don't mind Cap fighting the really gonzo villains. It, mm-hmm. And actually, the, I, I like this idea. It's, it's, it's a fun idea. It's just... Right. You, you're just not happy about it being in a Punisher book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really right. sorry to our listeners who are, like, huge Frank Castle fans. I, th- th- like, I really enjoyed the last story arc we're on, but it's it's feeling a little Punisher-y now. And, right. Mm. Yeah, that, that really takes us into issue 18 of Frankencastle. Um which has a very of-its-time cover. Yeah. Um, and our creative team is, again, Rick Remender writing, uh, Hefte Paolo, artist, Dan Brown on colors, uh, Joe Caramagna on letters, uh, Sebastian Gurner is the editor. Um, and there's a note on the, the credits page reminding us, for some reason, I have no idea why, that the events in this book take place before those in Daredevil number 505. Okay. I guess, no idea why. I, is this around the time that Shadowland happens? Mm, a little before, I think. Because the Hand hmm. are definitely in this comic. Daredevil 505. Uh, the Hand are in the, that issue of Daredevil. There we go. And yes, it's uh, the Shadowland Fortress is mentioned at least. So, yeah. Okay. That, that was around the time Daredevil became leader of the Hand. So this is just making explicit that this is before that happened. Yep, gotcha. And so, uh, Lady Gorgon um, is with her band of, I guess, ninja? They don't seem to be the uh, the Shaolin. And no. These, these seem to be, like, uh, an offshoot of the Hand, sort of hand well, reject. She wasn't associated with the Shaolin. She just happened to show up at the same time they did and blew one <laughs> away because right. he's about to talk. That's right. So, so she has her own associates who, like her, were expelled from the hand. And she has acquired a mystic sword, the Izami no Mikoto, uh, which has a gem in it that glows when it predicts it will drink blood. That's a cool concept. It is a cool concept. And, and she's acquired the sword in part to sort of use it as a, a kind of payment to try and buy her way back onto the hand. That, that she wants to be forgiven and accepted back into the hand. And this sword is something that uh, her former master in the hand uh, has wanted for a long time. And while she is monologuing about this, she receives a message with photographs uh, uh, of a person that she previously killed, mm-hmm. um, which she immediately recognizes as a message from Frank because Frank was involved in that scenario that was that all has to do with one of the last times she showed up in comics so basically frank has telegraphed his play i'm coming for you yeah uh, at which point the lights go out and she says the punisher is here blam 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 kaboom kaboom uh face me demon uh the the sword begins glowing uh revealing the bodies of all of her ninjas lying dead on the ground yep um uh, the she begins sort of making her way through the building only to find more dead bodies. Uh, Frank has taken everybody out. Um, she makes it all the way up to the roof, 
where Frankencastle is waiting for. Um, they fight, fight, fight. Frank draws a really big, is it a knife or a sword? It, it's a, it's it, a, it, it's a swipe. Right, it, it, it's a knife the size of a sword. Yeah. Um, they fight some more. She tries to use her, uh, mind control abilities on him. <laughs> it doesn't work because he is a patchwork man and his brain's a mess. That's cute. Uh, and he is only functioning because of the pills that Morbius gives him. She then connects his mind to the remaining ninjas so that he will feel the pain and death of each one that he kills. He doesn't really care about that, and so he cuts through them in. He's like, you'll feel every death, and I'll be like, she's like he's like, they'll feel it more. Right. Which, and it's honestly kind of a fair point, because Frank already experienced his own death. What is feeling death again if you've already gone through it? Yeah. So Frank uh, throws her off of the roof, but she lands on a neon sign and leaps down to a car below. Mind controls the guy driving the car to, to force him to take her away. Uh, she steers her way into colliding head-on with Punisher's motorcycle. Uh, there's an explosion. Frank stops to save the driver of the car. Uh, Lady Gorgon makes her way all the way to the hand where her mas- her former master is waiting. She offers him the sword, and he says that the only way he'll- that she will be accepted back into the hand is if she kills Frankencastle. Meanwhile, Frankencastle makes his way to the hand's headquarters. There are more ninjas, more fighty-fighty-fight, lots of, uh, of guns and swords. Frankencastle makes his way back to where Lady Gorgon is, having fought off most of the ninjas. Um, she runs into the room where her former master and the glowing sword are, are located. Meanwhile, Frank's eyes are glowing red with the power of the bloodstone. It all looks very cool, actually. Um, and Lady Gorgon's former master stabs her through the chest and lets her bleed out on the floor. As uh, Frankencastle and the Hand Master make eye contact. Frank turns and leaves and tells Henry to check Lady Gorgon off the list and open Dokken's file. So I'm assuming this is not the last time we see Lady Gorgon. I think she has one more appearance. Um, there's a storyline where she alters her appearance to look like Maria Castle, Frank's dead wife. Oh, God. Psychologically torture him. Oh, no. Yeah. That's a bit messed up. Yeah. But but she doesn't have many appearances. Like I said, there was the, the first appearance, which involved Domino and Silver Sable and, and Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Yeah. Um, there was this with during the Frankencastle, and then there's basically that one other appearance. And I think that's it. This is during the time where we're getting a lot of characters who are just Lady So-and-so. Like, right, there was a Lady Bullseye. Um, Lady Punisher? Yeah. Um, there, there was a Lady Scorpion. Uh, my favorite is just because of the naming convention, Lady Stiltman. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, because she bought the Stiltman gear off of someone who was selling old villain equipment. Yeah. I think it started in the 90s with Lady Octopus. Yeah, which was Ben Riley era stuff. Yeah. Um, and Lady Octopus, actually a good character. There are some good stories with her. Yeah. But, there was but it did become it did become a, a bit of a, a trope. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just it 
At this at this point, it seems like a la- a lazy naming convention, right? At least in this case, well, and, and especially so. Again, I don't know that she's connected to any character called the Gorgon. Um, it, in this case, it's closer. It's like they were trying to come up with like the Lady Deathstrike for Punisher comics or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know that that tradition of uh, sort of edgy female villain characters to fight antiheroes. Yeah. But this this issue is a lot of it's not even all I mean there is a lot of fighting. There's also a lot of just seeing the aftermath of fighting. Like it's actually kind of cool that for the first few pages of the fight, we don't see what Frank gets up to, we just see the bodies. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a a visually clever way to tell that story. Yes. They they are telegraphing the fact that Frank Castle is a badass. I mean, right. But at some level, do you kind of feel cheated by it, though? Um, no, but only because it just lasts for a few pages, and then we get actual fight scenes. And also, they're just ninjas. They are they are generic, straight out of a canon movie from the 80s, ninjas. Yeah. And really, how many pages do we need of just Frank Castle fighting ninjas? If we right. want page um, upon page upon page upon page upon page of somebody fighting ninjas, we'd be reading Daredevil right now. Right, right. As the that opening note reminded us, Daredevil was basically having his own version of the story right now. Yeah. Uh, I do like the, the panel uh, of Frank smashing the two ninjas' faces together. Mm-hmm. That's one of the nicer bits of violence. Um, again, the silhouette of Frank standing with the dead bodies behind him with his eyes glowing red and the skull seeming to glow red from the, the bloodstone. That's a cool image. It is. Um, and you notice they're doing that more. He- I noticed that with uh, this arc, once he gets the bloodstone put in, he, you know, you can you can tell like how much he's going over to the power of the bloodstone by how mm-hmm. red his eyes are glowing. Right. And that becomes a much bigger deal starting with the actual Dokken stuff. Yeah. Um, but so one thing here that I kept waiting for and they didn't do it, I kept waiting for someone to say, oh, the gem in that sword is another fragment of the bloodstone. Yes. Yeah. And no one said it. No. Although it makes total sense. Because it glowed when Frank was near. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, a lot of blood was about to be spilt. This is true. This is true. Including Lady Gorgon's. Yes. And so I guess that's what they're playing off of is the the irony of that. Yeah. So but, then we go to Dokken. Right. So we are jumping to a different book now. We are no right. longer in the Frankencastle title. Nope. We are at Dark Wolverine. And again. Which had, uh, which had taken over the numbering of the regular Wolverine title, I think. Yes. Yes, it did. However, I will remind people. That the Dokken we are referring to here is not the band from the 80s. Right. Dream Warriors. <laughs> Don't want right. to dream. This, no. this Dokken does not sing songs about Freddy Krueger. I mean, he might. At least he doesn't when anyone is watching. No, it's strictly shower stuff for him. Right, right. So we're given a bit of background on Dokken. Whole, whole lot of people on the creative team for this one. That's right, Trey. Writer on this issue is Daniel Way and Marjorie Liu. Uh, pencilers are Steven Zakorvia 
and Paco Diaz. Inkers are Cam Smith and Guillermo Ortega. Artist is Antonio Fabella. Letter is Corey Petit. Editor is Janine Schaefer. The title for this one is Punishment Part One. And but this is our this is which means this is our first time having someone other than Rick Remender writing Frankencastle, the character. Right. And that's because Daniel Way and uh, Marjorie Lou, I guess, were the main writers for uh, Frank. Sorry, for Dark Wolverine at this time, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think they were on the previous issues too. Yeah. The 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 thing I know Daniel Way for, and I think this is around the same time, is did a Deadpool series. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he did he did Wolverine Origins, um, which sort of established some of like, the, the, the story that introduced Docket, basically. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was on Deadpool for a minute. A lot of Marvel work. Uh, did mostly Wolverine stuff and Deadpool stuff. Uh, was apparently developed a five-issue Ant-Man Max series <laughs> that got cancelled. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, did a volume of Ghost Rider uh, in 2006. Um, did a volume of Thunderbolts in 2013. So, lots of stuff, mostly in the kind of edgier anti-hero realm of things. And, and yes, created, or co-created Docket. <laughs> but, so, in this issue, um, Dokken is a dick to service industry people. And yeah, that's fair. Then he kills a dude, threatens another dude, and then uh, Frank Castle drops another elevator shaft. Right, like there's, he does. There's some fighty fighty. Mm-hmm. Um, Dokken is a dick, and uh, let's see. I yeah. do like uh, Frank and Castle's one robotic forearm with the exposed pistons and stuff. Yeah. I just like that look. It's very cool. Ah. There's a really good full-page image of Frankencastle where, like, that robotic part of his arm is very visible. Is that the one where he is hanging out on top of the um, elevator? Yes. The, the, the splash page? Yes. Good stuff. It is good stuff, yeah. And then um, Dawkins like, okay, time for round two. And that's it. Pretty much, yeah. Lots of fighting. Lots of... Um, lots of banter, like they're kind of, uh, it's the kind of angry banter that comes across as almost flirty at times. Yeah, that that's kind of unavoidable with Dokken. Right, right. And I guess they're trying to emphasize the fact that, the, hey, Dokken is canonically bi, and I'm just like... Well, not just bi, but that also he's used to using his powers to manipulate people. And he leans into, he leans into his sort of, he leans into that aspect of himself to take advantage of people, because uh, he has his, like, what, pheromone control abilities? That's right. He does the pheromone abilities, doesn't he? Right. There's even a line, I forget if it's this issue or next issue, where he he comments about how his pheromones aren't working because Frank's olfactory system is dead. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's what that is. He's, He's literally trying to manipulate Frankencastle. Oh, okay. See, I know little to nothing about Dokken. For example, in this comic, 
he has bone claws. I yes. thought for yeah. sure Dokken had animantium claws like his dad. He he does later. Okay. He gets them. In fact, he gets he gets adamantium claws and I think I think at least one set of claws ends up being uh coated in the uh metal from what the Muramasa blade or the, the blade that can kill um people like Logan. They talk about like this the, the, in the they talk about that in the trade yeah. that is past tense. Logan has cut that out of him. Okay. So there was a time when he had uh, not just adamantium, but uh, claws that could specifically uh, negate healing factors. Yes. So he can kill his daddy. Right. Right. And that may, so if that's past tense, that may be why now he has bone claws is that that was ripped out. Okay. Right. I always hated bone claws. Not my favorite thing. I liked the idea that Wolverine's power was the healing factor. And yes. the healing factor made it possible to implant metal in his skeleton. Yes. And they took advantage of that. But I don't like the retcon that, oh no, the claws have been bone all, all along. Which right. is complete bullshit if you've ever read and, any comic prior to the bone claws showing up. Right, right. And oh, by the way, there's like a whole subcategory of mutants who all have similar bone claws. No. And they've been around since before the Civil War. Why? Just, uh. They, Wolverine's backstory has been increasingly bad since basically the early 2000s. <laughs> you remember Joe Quesada's explanation for that, right? Joe Quesada's like, well, we're gonna go ahead and define his origin now, so some film producer doesn't do it, or some film writer doesn't end up doing it a couple of years from now, and we're gonna make it... Right. We're going to make it succinct and easy to understand, and... Ah! <laughs> Kasada doesn't know what those words mean. No, Kasada doesn't. Uh, just, Kasada, oh, Joe Kasada. Yours is a long and fraught reign. Yep, yep. But yeah, this issue, I don't know there's much more to say about it. It's just, again, it's a big fight scene. Yeah. Um, Frank and Castle get some cool moments. Yeah. Dokken also gets some cool moments. Yeah. Because it's his book. Yeah. Um, I do like his uh, look here because he's not in his standard uniform. He's in like a leather jacket with his sort of mohawk flying in the wind. Yeah. yeah I mean, Dokken looks cool. Just, I don't know. It, it's it's rough, Trey. His name is Dokken. <laughs> his, his name is, in fact, Dokken. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we we do get the, the bit where Franken Castle starts to lose control mid-fight and has to pop more of the brain pills. Uh, and the suggestion there is maybe that the brain pills are also helping counteract the worst effects of the bloodstone, maybe? Yes. Because there's that one close-up of one eye glowing red and the other not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but that basically takes us to the direct continuation of this storyline, which, by the way, this is a subplot within the Franken Castle arc called The Punishment, uh, and it continues in Frankencastle number 19. Of course it freaking is. <laughs> uh, and here, Frankencastle actually is listed, the title is listed as Frankencastle Dark Wolverine, so they're uh, calling attention to that crossover right there on the cover. Yep. Um, our creative team this time is Rick Remender on uh, writing duties, uh, artist Tony Moore, Colors, Dan Brown, 
letters Joe Caramagna. Uh, the editor again is Sebastian Gurner, and we pick up right where the other left other issue left off, except now Dokken is in full Wolverine outfit. Yep, and, and looking fantastic by the way. It's a good outfit. Well, one they best decision they made in Dark Reign was they gave him the the brown John Byrne Wolverine costume. Yes. To differentiate him from the the yellow and blue that Logan had been wearing at that time. Yes. Um, it's a good look. Uh, and so Dokken has clearly been tracking Frankencastle through these tunnels. Um, he's shouting and taunting him um, and kind of getting caught. And sure enough, Dokken jumps down to a lower level and falls through a trap into a pit of spikes because Frank loves his gorilla warfare. Yes. Um, Frank and Castle uh, sort of stands over Dokken um, and says, you didn't kill me, boy. You were just the gun I used to shoot myself. But I'm feeling much better now. Uh, then the bomb goes off and the pit that Dokken's in explodes. Um, Frank and Castle then uh, draws a gun and prepares to shoot Dokken uh, to knock him back into the fire pit. However, just then uh, the bloodstone begins affecting Frank again. Uh, he doubles over in pain, and Dokken is able to crawl out and begin healing. Um, however, uh, Frankie Castle then, I guess, throws a car at Dokken. I guess is what happened. Um, a car flies into Dokken and hits him in the face um, and, and knocks him through a wall. Um, Frank stumbles away um, and pops more of the brain pills. Uh, at this point, Dokken has noticed the bloodstone in Frankencastle's chest. And so now Dokken is hunting Frankencastle, not just out of, like, personal revenge reasons, but because he wants the bloodstone for himself. He's like, shiny, um, me want. Right. Um, and so Frankencastle sort of draws the line in the sand, says, I can't stop fighting because he won't stop hunting. Um, Dokken then leaps into few and they fight some more. Uh, he slices off Frankencastle's ear to knock the earbud out, which is especially gruesome, I think. It's nice. I um, like it. Yeah. Um, Dokken then starts carving into Frankencastle's chest to, to dig out the bloodstone. Um, they continue fighting. Uh, Frank keeps referencing Dokken's mullet hair, which is just funny. <laughs> um, they fight their way through more tunnels onto a crowded subway platform. Um, Dokken then uh, stabs the power supply on Frankencastle's back, draining him of energy. Um, and Frankencastle falls forward. Dokken leaps down to the tracks to finish the job, not realizing that Frank has landed right next to the, th the uh, power rail of the subway line. So Frank grabs that, both re-energizing himself and electrocuting Dokken. Yeah. Um, Frank then leaps out of the way of an oncoming train. Uh, Dokken is not so lucky. Um, they both make their way to the surface. Um, so I'm Dokken, noticing something yeah. here. Yeah. His claws are metal in this comic. Yeah. I I'm wondering if that's just uh, artistic inconsistency. Ugh. If one of our listeners who knows a bit more about docking can, can tell us, like, what the heck's going on with his claws, that'd be fantastic. Right. At this point in, um, what, what was the cover date on this? Uh, September 2010, did Dokken have bone claws or metal claws? Yeah. Uh, I'm because sure, we don't know. I'm pretty sure right now 
he has bone claws. Metal. Are they uh, metal now? Oh, you mean actually, like, what he's supposed to have, you mean? No. Today, in 2023... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because he has um, bone claws as Fang. It was also weird, because for a while, he and uh, Jimmy, the uh, Ultimate Comics son of Wolverine, um, were on the same team. Oh, God. I forgot about Jimmy. <laughs> like, the one who had the, the liquid metal claws or whatever? Oh, God. Can Laura just come in and kill them both? <laughs> Laura's great. I like Laura. Laura's the best. Laura yes. is the best. Like, I um, mainly know her from memes, but gosh darn it, she's great. Yeah, she's great. Uh, she and uh, the other clone, Honey Badger, are great. <laughs> <laughs> Honey Badger. <laughs> it's her code name. <laughs> I know. It's great. <laughs> Honey Badger uh, don't give a damn. No. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, fight continues on the surface. Uh, at this point, Dokken has the bloodstone. Um, and Frank is now, sort of the, the tables have turned. Now Frank is hunting Dokken to get it back. Um, they fight their way through a construction site, sort of the, the framework of a, a skyscraper. Um, Dokken gets impaled on some, uh, uh, metal pipes at one point. Um, shot a bunch. Frank gets kicked in the face. Lots of fighty, fighty, fight. At one point, Dokken dives forward, uh, only for Frankencastle to reveal a spinning buzzsaw uh, <laughs> that he uses to slice into Dokken. Um, and it, which leads to one of my other uh, favorite bits of, of Frankencastle dialogue. Ouch. Life flashing before your eyes, right? All your joy, all your regrets, things you'd do different if you had the chance. Bet you wish you'd go back to 1995 and tell yourself not to get that idiot tattoo. <laughs> uh, because if you don't know Dokken, uh, listeners, he has uh, very, like, late 90s tribal tattoos. Very, very late 90s. Uh, so Dokken is sort of down for the count. Uh, Frank is about to throw him into a pit of concrete to basically suffocate him. <laughs> uh but just before he throws him, two sets of claws emerge through Frank's chest, and Wolverine, actual Wolverine, Logan, uh, appears in, in full X-Men attire and says, Kid's a knucklehead, but I can't have you killing my boy, Castle. Yep. It's it's good. That's a it's a great final page for an issue. Like, say what you will about this story arc. I have mixed feelings about it myself, but that's a good final image. It really, and you know, he had to show up eventually. Sure, yes. But it's a great um, little show up there, yeah. That that said, I like Dawkins' Wolverine costume better than Logan's at this point. Yeah, especially by this artist. Yeah, it just looks a little bit cooler. The the the, the John Byrne brown costume. Yes, um, and this is what Tony Moore, I guess. Which that name sounds familiar. I'm having trouble putting any titles to him. Oh, we, we um, talked about him before. Oh, that's right. He Fear Agent, Walking Dead. Yeah. 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 Which the art in this is good. It, it's um, it's suitable for this kind of almost cartoonish violence between two guys who can't kill each other. Yes. I do like some of the symmetry to do here. For example, um, at some po- at one point, Dawkins' math- mask only covers half of his face because mm-hmm. he's only half a Wolverine. Right. Right. 
It's nice. It's 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 really nice. Um, again, it's nice to be back to Tony Moore. Um, he has been our preferred artist for most of this Frankie Castle run, mm-hmm. and it's nice we get to see a little bit more of him before well we leave Frankie Castle. Right, right. Um, and you know what? These two issues reminded me, of? and the, the the next issue as well. But but especially this the first two thirds of the the this three issue arc that we're in the middle of mm-hmm. um, is the second Batman Bane fight. The Asbat versus Bane fight. Oh yeah, like it's it's that kind of like return grudge match kind of thing. And Bane's like, "You're not the Batman. I broke the Batman." Right, right. I, the, the very similar vibes here, I think, uh, in terms of the escalation, in terms of the sort of willingness of both parties to go to extreme violence. Um, similar. Yeah, but Trey, I think that means. We are done with these issues for this episode. That's right. We're leaving you on a cliffhanger with with Wolverine standing over both Frankencastle and Dokken. That's right. So, um, how do you feel? How do you feel about Dokken? How what what do you think about Dokken? I like the idea of Dokken more than I like this early execution of Dokken. I yeah. think he comes to his own more in the X-Men books after Dark Reign is over. Do we need does Wolverine need to have his own bat family though? This is that's a fair question. Um uh, probably not. Uh he like we had what? 15 20 plus years of Wolverine showing up in everybody's book whether they liked it or not. Do we really <laughs> need more of those characters? Like do we need a Wolverine for each book? A Wolverine for all seasons. <laughs> well, you know, because that's the that's the thing. Again, at this point, you've got Logan. Yes, you've got Dokken. Yes, you've got Jimmy, the the ultimate kid Wolverine, yes. who I guess is still around. Um, you've got um, Laura, Laura, former X twenty three. I guess Honey Badger is still around. I'm not sure. I've I've not kept up with a lot of the X books, but yeah. you know, we're you've got at least four. Maybe even five or six. Old man Logan. Wolverine kid. What's that? Old man Logan. Old man Logan. Yeah, like I think Albert's still around somewhere. His name's Albert, right? Probably. Yeah, Albert. The yeah, uh, like the cybernetic guy with the claws. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like that's the thing is there's so many Wolverines at this point. Um, and, and like I could understand. All we really need is Laura. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, like, were, were we really any poorer for when Logan was dead and Laura was the main Wolverine? Her book was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And the, I can understand having so many Wolverines for where you had like a dozen X teams, and each X team had to have a Wolverine on it, right? Because that having multiples avoids that sort of pedantic comic book fan question of how's he showing up in all these books if they're happening at the same time. Which happened a lot when Wolverine was in the Avengers and then the X-Men. Right. And, like, right. I think he was in the Defenders. Like, I feel like it might have been Bendis. Someone made a joke about Nightcrawler just teleporting him from fight to fight. <laughs> that, okay, I, I'll give that to Bendis. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk more about Dokken and Wolverine, I think, in our next episode. Um, Probably. But you know, but yeah, so I, I am not anti Dokken in concept. I, I'm not crazy about him as the kind of edgelord villain that he is at this point. Yeah. 
But you, lovely listener, what do you think of Dokken? What do you think of Frankencastle up to this point? We are dying to hear from you. Because, yes. like, you guys requested this. You guys, right. and we're doing we, this for you. For, for you. We are doing this for you, the gentle listener. So, of course, we want to hear what you thought of it up to this point. You can reach out to us. Our email address is tombofideas at gmail.com. Our Twitter, um, although I haven't been able to tweet in a couple of days. Have you, Trey? I mean, like... I have not been on Twitter much at all lately. Um, yeah. Our Twitter we is... We should probably check that more. Yeah. At Tomb of Ideas. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash Tomb of Ideas. And our Instagram is at Tomb of Ideas. And of course, you can find our entire back catalog on Cinepunks.com. That's Cinepunks with an X. It's a home of great articles, podcasts, and other information. Um, You'll find great shows such as Cinema Smorgasbord, The Carnage Report, Twitch of the Death Nerve, Horror Business, and much, much more. Cinepunks on their flagship show just posted their year in review uh, recently, so check that out. Um, Lots of great stuff including all of our episodes, at Cinepunks.com. But until next time, Tomb Believers, bye-bye. Bye! You have been listening to the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel Horror Podcast. Until next time, Tomb Believers... Excelsior! <laughs>